0: Hi, everybody. This is Kyler Bingham with Salt Lake Dirt. We are continuing our coverage of the 2024 Slamdance Film Festival. And have been able to see some incredible films so far. Uh, one documentary film um, that I, I was excited to to have the opportunity to to, to screen, uh, it's called Roll Bus Roll, a Jeffrey, Jeffrey Lewis documentary. And I had never heard of Jeffrey Lewis before. Uh, so this was a real treat for me. I ended up becoming... A fan. So I'm excited to really dig into his work. So we have the director of the film here today. Um, Ilya Popenko is with us. Um, thank you so much for being here today.
1: Uh, thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. So um, I guess let's just jump in. Tell us a, a bit about the film and and why you decided to make a documentary about Jeffrey Lewis. Yeah. Well, I've been
1: kind of a fan of the anti-folk movement, uh, which... Um, originated in new york in the late 90s and there was a scene that came out of uh, the sidewalk cafe in the alphabet city and they had like those monday night uh, open open mics and a lot of um really great acts came out of there uh, like the moldy peaches uh, uh, and jeffrey uh, lewis is one of the like the most prominent figures that came out of there uh, and even though I've, I had never been to uh, the open mics, I uh, kind of enjoyed that style of music. I mean, it's not exactly a style of music. It's more of like a group of artists that came out from this one venue. But what unites them is sort of like this uh, DIY quality to their music, like a little bit lo-fi, and also uh sort of uh, kind of like dirty acoustic sound. Mm -hmm. I mean, not all of them are acoustic, but um, some of them are. And you know, having been born in the Soviet Union, uh, it felt very familiar to me. Like um, the anti-folk scene is often referred to as uh, uh, folk punk. Mm -hmm. And in the Soviet Union, like a lot of the, a lot of punk rockers, Especially in the 80s, it was next to impossible to find like a proper music venue, so uh, a lot of them uh, had to perform acoustic show in private residences, and they heavily relied on lyrics rather than like the uh, the groove of rock music. And so when I heard Anti-Folk, it sort of like gave me this, uh, you know, familiar uh, warm feeling. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. that. But particularly Jeffrey Lewis, I um, like. I went to his live show, and then I started listening to his interviews, and I found a lot of things that I can relate to, uh, because Jeffrey Lewis is very in his art and in his music and in his interviews. He's very uh, he's very open about things. He's very vulnerable, and he talks about things that. Uh, may be embarrassing to most people and it's very easy to relate to that. And, and plus we're like, we're roughly the same age. He's like four years older than me. We both uh, do like art in several disciplines. He's a comic book artist and, um, and a musician. I also do music. I I do illustration and filmmaking uh, and photography and, uh, and most importantly we share similar insecurities similar anxieties and we're both prone to like depression and stuff mm-hmm. and that film like heavily talks about
0: that yeah i mean it really resonated with me as well and i th- i think what i find so beautiful uh, about about the film is like you said he he is so open and i i finally when when someone is more specific about you know uh their their struggles or just their their their, their love of art or, or whatever the more specific they are the more relatable it often is to people who who um are able to be let into that world and i think that's that i mean it, it just shows what such a great appeal he he has i mean i was just so struck too with like uh the the teenagers like he he really speaks to young people. Um, and th- there's like a, there's a, there's a good following of teenagers who just like love his music. I think that is just incredible. And I think, um, just his openness uh, to that is just so cool. Um, wh- when you approached him about making the documentary, was he all in right away or was there some trepidation? Was he kind of reserved or, uh, did he just say, yeah, let's, let's do this
1: uh he was pretty open to that because uh as he told me like a lot of people had tried making documentary uh documentaries about him but none of them really like succeeded in terms of like finishing like a feature documentary that i mean there uh there had been like Some shorter documentaries, but nothing of this magnitude. So he was pretty open about it. But when I approached him, I didn't know exactly what I was going to do. Like, I didn't have a plan. uh, But I wanted to do something. And, like, originally, I thought about it as sort of this manual for being an independent musician in today's world. Uh, Because he's... um, Music venture is very like vertically integrated. He produces his own merch, he mails it out. He, um, when he books tours, he does all the booking himself. Uh, when he tours, he asks his fans to stay on their couches and you know stay in their apartments. So he does practically everything, and he was able to sustain a music career for the past like 20 years, which is, I mean, he's no Taylor Swift, but he has like a solid following enough for him to travel the world and sing his original songs, uh, while, you know, having a moderately comfortable life.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I love the, the part where he talks about money, like, like, um, how, He's like i don't know what to i don't know what to spend it on it's like i had piles of money from his perspective from other people's perspective possibly not but he was just he's just very content and he makes it work um and it, it just is like what a true artist and i i love when he talks about um writing a song and he he says i i feel like i'm i it's more like I make up a song. I don't write a song. I make up a song. So um, I get. I one thing I'm always interested in with a documentary because it's, this sounds like a common thing. A lot of times, where you when you walk into it, you don't know because you can't control real life. You don't know what's gonna happen, what direction this is going. So um, once you have been working on it a while, filming it for a while. When do you decide that the film is done? When do you decide that, okay, I think I have everything that I need, at least in your process, at least in this particular project, when did you decide, I'm, I, think it's, I think it's good to go? Was it, were you editing along as you shot? Um, and then ultimately how long was the project, how long did it take you to complete this?
1: Uh, well, I was working with my friend who is an editor Uh, so we edited together, like I watched all the footage and I uh, edited together sort of these blocks, and then he would come in and he sort of would rearrange those blocks to create a more coherent story uh, and then fine-tune the editing, so uh, we would edit as I went along and when I just got tired <laughs> of doing it. And it seemed like the movie was coming together. Then I, I stopped filming because there is only so much of that story I can tell. And uh, also like as any documentary that I work on, I mean, I haven't done too many of them, but every one that i done, I approached it as a self-portrait mm. in a way. So I was using, Him, or I I use my subjects sort of like as a mouthpiece for my own feelings. And then, of course, the film, you know, makes a turn and has a life on its own, and it no longer becomes about myself. But I sort of was looking for these particular moments that would speak to me rather than just filming everything and then uh, kind of making a, a film about that. Because like a lot of music documentaries, they're just like recapping the history of a certain band, and there is not a lot of like human component to it. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to make the film about a person rather than like a musical act.
0: Yeah, no, yeah, it totally um, worked that way. And what what I love too, like, so I, I looked up after the fact that you you went to school for, f- for, still photography. Um, yeah. and I, I did as well. And, and I, I, I always am interested speaking with, uh, still photographers, you know, who, who've been training and watching the film, I can see it. So it is, it has that level of, um, I, I'm not sure what I'm, the word I'm looking for, but just the level of like, it just felt very thought out, but, um, flexible like when you're doing when you're when you're shooting still photography you you know you're you plan to to an extent but then um you you get some happy surprises at times um i how when you were when you were younger what brought you to photography initially um i don't know like i started doing
1: photography when i was 13 like I built my own like dark room in uh, bathroom, and like both of my parents they were artists. Like my mom uh, was a, a professional painter, and my dad um, did storyboards for TV commercials. Uh, so like originally I started training as a painter, as a fine artist, and then I switched to photography because as a as a little rebellion, <laughs> <again>. <laughs> <laughs> but. Switching to film from photography is an incredibly uh, hard transition. And like a lot of photographers who made that switch, they ended up not very interesting filmmakers. Like David LaChapelle, who is like an incredible photographer. When he does music videos, they don't really have a story. And the same with like Anton Cor- Corbine. Uh, but I I had taken some film classes back in college, And it just seemed like so much work, (laughs) filmmaking. (laughs) It it just was so involved that you couldn't really think about anything else. And photography was much more forgiving media because you sort of, you do your thing and then it's out of your head. And then at some point, like that extra bandwidth, in my head became a nuisance, and and I wanted to sort of oc- occupy my brain a little more, so I don't have to think about like myself or uh, you yeah. know my own issues. So I wanted, so I made that switch to filmmaking. But it's very difficult because as a photographer, you used to like you come up with a frame, and your job is done. You go home. Yeah. But with filmmaking you you find a frame and then something has to happen in this frame and it's a very foreign concept.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you did something right because I, I love the film and, and it's gonna be at Slam dance. Uh, tell me about when you found out that it was that it got in, that you found it when you found out you got the the incredible news that they um, want you to be at Slam dance. That must have been an incredible feeling.
1: Yeah, no, I'm definitely very excited, and I feel I feel like just semantically, uh, slam dance is a nice fit because uh, uh, there's like folk music, and there's anti-folk, and there's Sundance and there's slam dance. <laughs>
0: That's so, so true. I like, figured that it, it was like a good uh, coincidence. I love that. <laughs> That's so exciting! Uh, w- what are you most looking forward to at the festival? I mean, it's going to be great seeing it with a, with a, with an audience. But what are you what are you excited about? What are you nervous about? What are you looking forward to?
1: Like to be completely honest, I'm really excited about the snow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm in New York, and it it hasn't snowed in like it hasn't snowed in like two years. Oh wow! <laughs> so I'm just really <laughs> excited to be here. Uh, in like real winter. Yeah. Uh, but besides that, uh I've never been to like a a big festival. Uh and I'm flying into Utah this time, so I'm I just want to see to see how it works uh, and I I'm a little nervous that about getting people in, into those sheets. Yeah. Uh in the screening room, so I'm I'm not a very like I'm not really good at schmoozing and <laughs> um, like uh, you know marketing and stuff. So I'm a little nervous about that, but I'm still excited.
0: Well, we'll help. I'll have my team spread the word like online, and then when we're up there, we'll be we'll be up there. So um, let's Thank pack you. that. Let's really pack let's, that. Absolutely, let's pack that um that that theater out. So let's mention the 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 screening date. So uh, January twentieth at two thirty p.m. And then January twenty fourth at ten a.m., um, and that those are both at the Slam Dance at the Yaro, um, at the new old location. Then, so that's right in the heart of everything. It's going to be pretty cool, uh, kind of mixed in there with like Sundance happening all around. So uh, we'll spread the word because um, I just think this is an incredible project. So you'll be there. Um, anyone else involved with the film able to make it out? Yeah the
1: well uh the team is pretty small like it was it was just me and uh the editor that I worked with so he's going to be there and uh my girlfriend who helped me out uh, as a second camera
0: on like a bunch of interviews she's going to be there as well wonderful uh well yeah everybody I really encourage you to check this one out this is this is one um that so far is on the top of my list uh, oh, roll Yeah, absolutely. Roll bus. Roll. Thank you for making it. I think it's just wonderful. Roll bus. Roll. Um, are there any uh, Social media accounts or websites or anything that people can kind of follow the journey of the film?
1: I haven't made uh, like uh, dedicated pages for this film uh, but I post about it on my own so- social networks and uh, my Instagram Handle is definitely not Ilya Papenka, uh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: so you can find me there. Wonderful. So we'll we'll have a link to that um, where people can check that out. But um, Ilya, thank you so much for being here. Um, I look forward to meeting you in Park City and, and um, let's get that theater packed. I think people really need to see this, and I I know. Um, a lot of the people with the similar sensibilities will be up there. So I, I, I think it will be, it's an important film for people to check out. Thank
1: you. I really, I'm, I'm really glad that you enjoyed it. And I really appreciate, uh, you know, you having me here.
0: Wonderful. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks.